Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. A few years ago, my colleagues at Abe Books created a reading list called 100 Fiction Books to Read in a Lifetime. It's a good list, a mixture of out-and-out classics, such as Fahrenheit 451, Anne of Green Gables, and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, with contemporary fiction such as The Book Thief, The Fault in Our Stars, and The Road. Now, we were excited to hear that one of our customers, Monica McMillan, was working her way through the list with the goal of reading all 100. Today, we're joined by Monica, and we're going to hear about her reading quest. Welcome, Monica. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, well, this is uh, we were pretty excited to see your Instagram account and uh, to see that you were actually taken up, you'd taken up this challenge. Why did you decide to give it a go? Yeah, so two reasons. Um, first of all, I've, I've simply always wanted to. Uh, and last year, due to the confluence of several events, the, the pandemic and being quarantined, um, the, the dumpster fire that was American politics and my reflections on that, and then finally my turning 40 uh, last September and entering my quote-unquote midlife, um, you know, the, all of that got me thinking about um, my own mortality and what I wanted to accomplish, and I decided basically there was no time like the present to get going on some of my bucket list items. Uh, and finishing one of these lists of essential books had always been a goal of mine. So essentially, last year I, I finally got basically the motive and the opportunity to borrow um, some language from criminal law. And then the second reason that I decided to undergo this challenge is that I'm I really want to start reading more intentionally and uh, keep track of what I'm reading, keep track of how I feel about the books after I've read them, um, and gain some clarity on what types of books I've been choosing, what, I've, what I'm drawn to, so that I can look for patterns. Um, one, to look for similar books that I maybe have yet to discover, and also to look for dissimilar books uh, in order to try to diversify my bookshelf, so to speak, which I think is so important today. Um, and I really appreciate that Abe's Books List is much more diverse than some of the other best books list that I have seen. Um, and as you said, um, includes some modern classics, um, more female authors, more authors of color, uh, and so on. Wow, you've really thought about your motivation for reading there. Yeah, um, you know, we have a lot of time now in quarantine, right? So it allows you to think about these things more, right? Yes, we do do a lot more thinking <laughs> and a lot less traveling. Um, so how many of the books uh, have you read so far? So I've read 47 and I'm working on number 48. Um, I came into the challenge already, already having read 37 of them. And so, I, as I said, I started officially last September 2020, and I was reading about one per month in 2020. Uh, I read uh, Great Expectations, The Giver, uh, Moby Dick, and 100 Years of Solitude. And then uh, in 2021, I've really sped up my progress after having started um, my Instagram account, San Fran Literary Gal. Um, and when I started to track my progress uh, through the account, um, it became you know, a strong motivation to read quickly. It's sort of like uh, when you go on a diet and you have a public weekly weigh-in, right? So now that people are following my journey in real time, um, I have a lot more pressure to, to make progress. And so I've read six more from your list just in this past month in January. 
Okay, so tell us some of your thoughts on the books you've encountered so far. So I think that, the, you know, most have been really, really good, which you would expect, right? Because there's a reason that they're classics. Um, and some have been fantastic. And some, for me, you know, have just been okay. But maybe I could see how others might really love them. Um, and I would say almost all of my personal favorites are, are on your list. Um, and there are definitely some categories that I'm uh, feeling apprehensive about that, you know, fantasy, for example, as a genre is something that I've, I've shied away from for a long time, although I love Harry Potter, but I would call that probably more like fantasy light. So I'm going to try to tackle a few of them um, coming up, things like Gulliver's Travels, The Hobbit, um, Watership Down, um, uh, Narnia, things like that. Um, and then there's a few books that I have not read that I think almost everyone is intimidated by, either because, um, you know, it's a really large book, it's complex, or it's just really old, um, or in some cases, all three. So uh, Ulysses, for example, I would put in that category. Um, the Sound and the Fury is another one that I have not read. And so things like that, I they're daunting. So I'm, I'm holding those off for later <laughs> and making right. some progress with the smaller ones. I have luckily read War and Peace and Anna Karenina previously, um, but those are two more I would definitely put in the category of having to eat your vegetables um, when all you really want is a cupcake, right? Um, right. But I think generally um, it's, it's, a, it's a great list. And I think generally some of the ones that are intimidating or daunting are actually, um, are actually really good and really worthwhile. And you just kind of have to jump in Right. Um, there's a few books that I would say that I would add to the list um, that aren't on there. Um, I think um, Shirley Jackson is, is an author who I really love. So something of hers, maybe The Haunting of Hill House or We've Always Lived in the Castle. Um, American Psycho by Brest Brett Easton Ellis is another one that I would I would put on there and maybe swap something out. And maybe also A Tale of Two Cities uh, by Charles Dickens. Right. OK. Um, all right. So let me ask you some specific questions here. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I thought I should broaden my knowledge of uh, the classics. And I went through a phase where I just picked up classic after classic and worked my way through them. And one of those was Moby Dick. And I found that book hard going. Um, it was a slog to get to the end, although it improved towards the end. But how did you do with that one? Yeah, I agree. I think that um, if you just took out the story itself, it would be a much shorter book and a much more interesting book. And because, um, you know, Melville put in all of the stuff, the realistic stuff about whaling, um, I, I'm sure he has his reasons. You know, he's, he's, he's a great writer, but that is, it's just a slog. It was just, yes, it took a while. <laughs> it took a while of just, okay, I'm going to read another 50 pages now and just try to you know, I hate to say skim through all those sections, but it's, you're not reflecting on them. You're just trying to push through those sections. So yeah, I, I don't think that I finished that book and thought, wow, this is my favorite book ever, like some people, but I could, I'm glad that I read it, you know, because I can see how um, it has affected other books and, and been inspiration for other things. You know, you can see, see all that in there. So I, I think I agree with you. It was tough. <laughs> I'm right. glad I read it, but it was, it was tough. It was just so long. And I think, you know, some of those books, you know, they don't write the same way as they do today. So that always, it just makes it more challenging. And it, it's interesting to hear what you're saying about being slightly apprehensive about fantasy. Although I would actually say that, that Narnia and uh, The Hobbit 
when I read those when I was much much younger I didn't even understand what the fantasy genre was I just read them because they were children's books to be read um, never even thought about the, the like of, of being put in a particular genre so I think you'll love both of them yeah, and I think that's actually a really good point. I think a lot of fantasy books are children's books or, you know, when you are a child, a lot of the books you read have a fantasy element to them. So I tend to agree with you. I think that the ones that are maybe geared more towards children, I will have an easier time with. Um, and actually, a lot of them that I mentioned are probably geared towards children. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be all right. The ones that I, I guess the Hobbit I, in particular, I, I get nervous about because of its relation to all of the Lord of the Rings books, which I've never read and I've never seen the movies. Um, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. Like all of that, I, it just hasn't been for me, but maybe I've been missing out all my life, right? Maybe. My husband hadn't eaten Indian food until, <laughs> until he was in his <laughs> 40s and now it's his favorite food. So you never know. <laughs> so for me, the book I am most excited about you reading is on that list is Watership Down. Okay. Because I think, I look at all those books, and there's some great books there, and there's some I'm never going to touch. And <laughs> But I always think a book that you're deeply, a book that touches you is the book you're going to remember for the longest time. And I, I just think Watership Down is a book that touches its readers in so many wonderful ways because it's such an unlikely narrative right it's a book about rabbits so who the hell would think it would be so amazing right but it's a it's a quest it's an adventure it's a journey but it's also got like lots of layers on top about folklore and environmentalism and all sorts of other things as well as just plain adventure yeah you'll love that book i've read it multiple times and i think you'll you'll be really excited i'm excited i'm excited it's downstairs sitting on my kitchen counter it just arrived yesterday so that's great to hear. Yeah. And obviously, I, I'm English, so I kind of think of about that book, and I know where the author is writing about, the lay of the land, how it sort of undulates. And I can picture it. I can always picture it. So it's kind of reminds me of home a bit. Mm, yeah. All right. If we put the list aside, how would you describe what sort of reader you are usually do you have you been a member of a book club do you read in the evenings uh, when we were commuting and working uh, would you read on the bus or the train what sort of reader were you yeah so I would say probably all of the above um, I'm usually in at least one book club um, either with neighbors friends um, fellow moms uh, there was definitely a period of, of several years where I was not doing very much reading because I was so busy being a new parent um, but even then I was always in a book club and I would always you know come and, and discuss the book even if a lot of us hadn't finished it because we were all new moms um, lately I've been trying to prioritize reading over other things um, to just make sure that I can get it into my day uh, I do also listen to some audiobooks. I tend to prefer memoirs and nonfiction when I'm listening to a book, but when I'm going for a walk or a longer drive, um, or even just doing chores around the house for an extended period of time. Um, the one thing I will say that I that I have trouble doing uh, is that I hate only reading five pages here and there. And I hear that that's how some people get their reading in. To me, um, I my favorite thing to do is to binge read. So if I can't get a, a good solid block of time to read, then I think it's, it's really tough. You know, it reminds me of trying to watch a movie 10 minutes at a time. I just think 
I just think it's not as enjoyable uh, to do so and you just can't get as into it. So that's what I would say is anytime I can, I can binge read for at least a half hour or so, then I try to do it. So there's a couple of short books on the list, Old Man and the Sea and, and Of Mice and Men. Those two are really short reads. Um, you could probably whistle through those in a day. I saw that. Yeah. And so I've read Mice and Men. I've not read The Old Man and the Sea. And I actually um, I checked it out as an ebook from the library. And I, <laughs> again, with this, you know, with this count and people following my progress and wanting to to move quickly, there is definitely that temptation to look for the very shortest book, <laughs> right? <laughs> and say, oh, I've got to 49. Now I've got to 50 because I read the book. So I'm trying to space them out a little bit and not save all the super long ones for the end. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and I can read even, you know, a couple hundred page book in, in a day if, if I don't have anything else going on. And that's my very favorite thing to do. So. So I've, I've always wondered on the opposite end of the scale about war and peace. I do like <laughs> history. Um, what, what was it like? I thought that book was absolutely brutal. I thought that Moby Dick was a walk in the park compared to, to war and peace. Really? I did not like it um at all and I did like Anna Karenina so maybe war and peace just isn't for me um and I'm I'm hoping I'll like for example the brothers Karamazov which I've not read um you know and as another Russian author with I I'm assuming a lot of characters and a lot to keep track of um but anything where you know you're having to constantly go back and say who now who is this character again and how are they related to that character it just makes it really tough um and it's been a while since I've re read war and peace it's been quite a while and i it just hasn't stuck with me. As you were saying, it didn't touch me. It didn't, you don't have to pause and kind of just stare into the silence for a minute, taking it all in. Like that's what makes a good book is, is when you kind of, you just have to sit with it because something touched you. And I just, I just didn't get that book. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't know. Have you read that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm tempted. Mm. <laughs> On a holiday, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. If I so if I say like Wardship Down is the one book I would recommend out of the hundred that everyone must read. What would you recommend as the one book on the list that everyone must read? Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would say um, I that I have a book that I think everyone needs to read because I'm not sure that everyone um, enjoys the same type of books because they're to some degree they're subjective. Um, so I would say look for kind of the thing that you love and then maybe I could, you know, make a recommendation based on that. But for me personally, um, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer and I've always been really interested in books that deal with justice and the concept of not just right and wrong, but kind of how society punishes people. So for me, my two would be The Trial by Franz Kafka and A Clockwork Orange uh, by Anthony Burgess. I actually really like the movie better than the book, if I'm being completely honest, but I have read the book. Um, and then I really like The Road by Cormac McCarthy as well, because I think that that also deals with kind of how to live a just life. So I would say those three are kind of my top. Right. I haven't read The Road. I'm not sure I could. Um, for so many reasons, it, it just seems so downbeat. But I'm interested to hear about when I think of justice, I think of things like Atticus Finch in mm, yes. To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. But I wasn't expecting to hear about justice in the road. Yeah, so that one, I think, it, again, it's not about the justice system. Um, but I think what it means to live a just life. Uh, I think for me that that book is about kind of 
So, right, it's the apocalypse, right? And they're trying to figure out what's more important, survival for as long as you can, survival for one more day or one more week, or really helping those around you um, and your society to try to survive for one more day or one more week. So to me, that it, it really it kind of clicked a light on for me about how I want to live my life and what's important in life. So yes, it is very bleak, um, but sometimes that's not a horrible thing. Maybe not your vacation read, but, <laughs> but <Man>. important. <laughs> I mean, I also think, you know, it's really important to read books to gain empathy for what other people go through. Um, and, and books are such a good way to do that. So I would say anything where you can kind of see someone else's perspective. You know, I know The Color Purple, um, Catcher in the Rye, even though, you know, it's, it's that character may, maybe has been me. I, I think that those, those are really important books as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm just scrolling down the list now. It's quite a, a diverse list. It really is. It's a great list. I mean, I hate to quote-unquote suck up, but you guys did a really good job with it compared to some of these other lists you see where it's just, you know, it's just these old, old classics, you know, white European male after white European male, and it just gets to be kind of the same thing. Yeah, so I think I, if I was to choose a book right now, It'd probably be I'd look at the Octavia Octavia Butler Kindred mm, yes. book to take her because I've been reading so much about her and it's probably time to read her, one of her books. Yes, um, I've not read that one, but I've heard amazing things. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can see it just above Life of Pi. So I remember, yeah, Life of Pi is quite different in how it does things as well. Yeah, it's a good list. It you is. It goes I so mean, many you, ways. Yeah, you have science fiction, you have fantasy, you have you know the old stuff you know pride and prejudice and all that and then you have kind of the newer things it's um whoever created it did a good job it's a couple of my colleagues and i will pass on your yes. thoughts please to pass them. my compliments yes yes um all right so which book are you currently on which one are you working your way through right now so i'm currently reading don quixote by miguel yeah. de cervantes um and that is one of those that i was talking about that is you know, it's because of its age and because of its size, I was definitely intimidated about. Um, but it, and I'm only about a quarter of the way through, but it's been pretty great so far. Um, I wasn't, I knew it was a comedy, but I was not expecting it to, to be as humorous as I found it. It, a lot of it actually reminds me of um, the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. If you're familiar with that, you know, it's kind I of am. the same subject matter of the chivalrous knights and all of that. Um, and it's some of the same humor as well. Um, and then just yesterday, I also started, because Don Quixote is going to take me a little while, I, I decided to start a second one. So I started The Unbearable Lightness of Being uh, by Milan Kundera. And it was very uh, funny and coincidental that on like page five or something like that of that book, they use the word uh, quixotic. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the word um, that's derived from Don Quixote, kind of meaning this overly idealistic and impractical um, sort of adjective so it just shows the reach that that book has had that Indeed. I picked up another classic and there it is you know in the first few pages so so that's what I'm reading currently yeah I I've forgotten but I'd read Don Quixote as a child oh wow <laughs> um can't remember why probably because I was into knights and things and that yeah. was why I picked it up but yeah he, he is the silliest old man in the world yeah um yeah goodness me that book has been going for a long time Oh, it sure has. I mean, it is what some people say. It's kind of the original novel, right? So 
it's definitely stood the test of time. Yes. Um, so after those two, what would you read next? Well, so I am kind of trying to mix in some um, some contemporary novels that have been written after your list was published. So uh, Transcendent Kingdom is sitting on my shelf by Yajasi. Yaj I read her book Homecoming and actually absolutely loved it. I think if you were reading making the list today, you would put that book on it. Um, and then, like I said, I think I'll probably delve into some of these fantasy books that I'm a little bit intimidated by, and hopefully I'll, I'll really love them. And that'll probably take me through February. Yeah. And I'm kinda, I am kind of just you know, looking through the list and seeing what strikes me to read next. Um, so I'm not that organized in the order in which I'm reading them. So I'm just kind of seeing where, what's my mood like? What do I have sitting here already? What can I get from the library? And so on. Right. Yeah, it sounds like the best way to go to read according to the mood. Yeah, yeah. And while you're still kind of keeping yourself on track, right? You're you're still you still feel like you're making progress and 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 like I said, there's only been maybe a couple books and maybe I won't name them by name that I've just thought, mm, you know, that was all right. But all in all, I think that the list is fantastic and and I'm expecting to, you know, like or love everything I read. So that's exciting. You know, someone is already um, kind of done the work for you of calling it down and telling you these are the great books so it's been really fun yes. good yeah I think you'll enjoy the Narnia book I mean I read it when I was so young and I've read it many times since um, but obviously as you get older you become aware of all the Christian commentary and what other people think of the book and how critical they of it so you might also have heard of that stuff but I still think that book stands the test of time yeah, yeah, I think I may have actually read that book when I was younger. Um, and I decided because I really don't remember it at all that I was just going to count it as not having been read um, and give it a go. But we'll have to see if memories come back and I say, oh, yes, I do remember this yes. um, and how you feel about it. There's, there's no doubt that when you read a book and where you're at in your life can can affect your reading significantly and I've reread books you know years later and had a different experience and sometimes you know you don't like it as much or sometimes you are actually able to appreciate where the author is coming from and you and you love something that you didn't used to like so that's absolutely true so I'm definitely encountering some of these books that perhaps are meant for a younger reader later but you know maybe I can maybe after I read it I can read it with my kids too that would be fun yeah I'm encountering the same experience on tv with Netflix when I look at some classic movie or not classic movies I really liked 25 years ago I just watched them again and they just don't stand up yes today. I totally agree you just I think the, the nostalgia takes over and uh, when you rewatch it you know we've my husband and I have done that you know like he'll have a favorite movie and I won't have seen it and you'll and he'll say what you know how can that be and we'll watch it together and he'll be like oh yeah actually that wasn't that wasn't very good yeah <laughs> um, yeah no that, that's absolutely true Right, and then some others, you know, they hold up, right? You you watch they it, do. and you're like, yes, I remember. So. I remember all the reasons I loved that, and I still love it. So, yeah, yeah. The other night I watched Heat with Robert De Niro, uh -huh. uh, which is like a gangster film uh, in the '90s, and it's very '90s, and it just did not stand up. Uh -huh. And I really loved it at the time, and I was really excited to see it being <laughs> uploaded to Netflix, and it wasn't wasn't any good. Yeah, never mind. yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, I want to say many thanks to Monica McMillan. 
and you can check out her progress on her Instagram account and the name of the account is San Fran Literary Gal so San Fran as in San Francisco Literary Gal G-A-L at the end uh, I'm sure you can find it and um, it's exciting to see how she progresses so thank you very much Monica thank you so much for having me it's really been a pleasure Yes, good luck with reading all of those books and thank you for telling us all about your reading adventures. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. My name is Richard Davis and you've been listening to an Abe Books podcast and we'll see you all again soon.